Welcome to Zichru Daf Simanim. I'm Rabbi Avram Goldhai, and today we're going Baba Kama Daf Tzadik Gimel, the end of the eighth parak Hachovel, and the beginning of the ninth parak Hagozel Eitzing. So the three types we're going to focus on. Number one, Rochanan said, "Hamoser din al Chavero, one who gives over judgment of his fellow to heaven, asking a Kosh to judge him." He's punished first for his own sins. Russian Rosh Hashanah explains that he's scrutinized to determine if he deserves to have his fellow punished because of him. We find that Sarai told Avram, Hamas my injustice is upon you. Let Hashem judge between me and you. And she died earlier than Avram. The Quran said this is only where he could have attained justice on earth. Tosos explains that Sarah could have brought her complaint to the basin of shame. Rav Yitzhak said, Woe to the one who cries out more than the one about whom the outcry is. Abraisa also teaches, Both the one who cries out and the one about whom the outcry is are implied by the Pasi describing Hashem's hearing a victim's outcry, which concludes, I shall kill you, plural. But they hasten to punish the one who cries out more than the one about whom the outcry is. Point number two, the ninth parak begins, Hagozo Kelim, one who steals pieces of wood and makes them into utensils, semer or pieces of wool and makes them into garments, Misham pays their value at the time of the robbery. Since he acquired them with a shinui, a physical change, he pays their original value and keeps the stolen items. The mission implies that his earlier acts of planing the wood and whitening the wool, respectively, were insufficient to acquire them, which contradicts a Bryce's saying that one does acquire with these acts. Abai explains that the mission discusses one who stole boards, which were already smooth, which he assembled into a chest, or already spun threads of wool, which he wove into a garment. Both cases are a change that can revert to its original form by being taken apart. Although this is biblically insufficient, it acquires rabbinically, as explained on Tzadid, because of an enactment to assist those who wish to repent. The Brisa discusses irreversible changes, which acquire biblically. Ravashi says even the Mishnah discusses irreversible changes, which acquire biblically. He made the wood into Bukhane a pestle, and he made the wool into Namte, felt. And point number three, Abraisa teaches that one who whitens stolen wool acquires it. This contradicts a mission regarding Rishi's a gaze, which states that if he died the first shearings before giving them to the Kohen, he's exempt from giving them because he acquired them. If he merely whitened it and did not die it, he's obligated to give it to a Kohen. Abai answers that the Bryce reflects Rabbi Shimon's opinion that wool which is whitened is not combined with later shearings for the requisite shear, and the mission reflects the Chami's opinion who disagree. Rava says both statements are Rabbi Shimon's, but distinguishes between cleaning the wool by hand, which is insignificant, and cleaning through combing, which is significant. Rabbi Chia bar distinguishes between merely washing and bleaching. The Gemara asks a contradiction to Rabbi Shimon's opinion that whitening is a shinui. From a Bryce where Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda quotes him saying even dying is not a shinui. And Abai answers that Tanaim disagree about Rabbi Shimon's opinion. Rava answers that Rabbi Shimon holds dying is less of a change than whitening. Since one can remove it with detergent. So once again, the three points are number one. Rav Hanan said, Hamosu din al-chavero, one who gives over judgment of his fellow to heaven. Asking Hashem to judge him. He's punished first for his own sins. Russian Rosh Hashanah explains that he scrutinized to determine if he deserves to have his fellow punished because of him. We find that Sarai told Avram, My injustice is upon you. Let Hashem judge between me and you. And she died earlier than Avram. The Quran said this is only where he could have attained justice on earth. Tosos explains that Sarah could have brought her complaint to the basin of shame. Rav Yitzhak said, 
What to the one who cries out more than the one about whom the outcry is? Avraisa also teaches Both the one who cries out and the one about whom the outcry is are implied by the Pasik describing Hashem's hearing a victim's outcry, which concludes I shall kill you, plural. But they hasten to punish the one who cries out more than the one about whom the outcry is. Point number two, the ninth parak begins, One who steals pieces of wood and makes them into utensils, or pieces of wool and makes them into garments, pays their value at the time of the robbery. Since he acquired them with a shinui, a physical change, he pays their original value and keeps the stolen items. The mission implies that his earlier acts of planing the wood and whitening the wool, respectively, were insufficient to acquire them, which contradicts a Bryce's saying that one does acquire with these acts. Abai explains that the mission discusses one who stole boards, which were already smooth, which he assembled into a chest, or already spun threads of wool, which he wove into a garment. Both cases are a change that can revert to its original form by being taken apart. Although this is biblically insufficient, it acquires rabbinically, as explained on Tzadid because of an enactment to assist those who wish to repent. The Brisa discusses irreversible changes, which acquire biblically. Ravashi says even the Mishnah discusses irreversible changes, which acquire biblically. He made the wood into Bukhane, a pestle, and he made the wool into Namte, felt. And point number three, Abraisa teaches that one who whitens stolen wool acquires it. This contradicts a mission regarding Rishi's a gaze, which states that if he died the first shearings before giving them to the Kohen, he's exempt from giving them because he acquired them. If he merely widened it and did not dye it, he's obligated to give it to a Kohen. Abai answers that the Bryce reflects Rabbi Shimon's opinion that wool which is whitened is not combined with later shearings for the requisite shear, and the mission reflects the Chami's opinion who disagree. Rava says both statements are Rabbi Shimon's, but distinguishes between cleaning the wool by hand, which is insignificant, and cleaning through combing, which is significant. Rabbi Chia bar distinguishes between merely washing and bleaching. The Gemara asks a contradiction to Rabbi Shimon's opinion that whitening is a shinui. From a bright where Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda quotes him saying even dying is not a shinui. And Abai answers that Tanaim disagree about Rabbi Shimon's opinion. Rava answers that Rabbi Shimon holds dying is less of a change than whitening. Since one can remove it with detergent. Alright, so now we get our Simadaf Tzadi Gimel, and our standard simon is a train chugging along. So here goes. When the train conductor had a heart attack and died, right after asking Hashem to judge the train driver for being late, no one noticed the guzzling stealing smooth wood and making it into a coffin to sell, nor his accomplice acquiring wool he stole by whitening it. Once again, slow motion. When the train conductor had a heart attack and died, train conductor, that must be on Duff Tzadi Gimel, a train chugging along. When the train conductor had a heart attack and died, right after asking Hashem to judge the train driver for being late, which reminds us, Rav Hanan said, Hamosur din al-Khavero, one who gives over judgment of his fellow to heaven, asking a Baruch to judge him, who he's punished first for his own sins. Rashi and Rosh Hashanah explains he scrutinized to determine if he deserves to have his fellow punished because of him. We find that Sarai told Avram, Hamasi Alecha, my injustice upon you, let Hashem judge between me and you, and she died earlier than Avram. 
So when the train conductor had a heart attack and died, right after asking Hashem to judge the train driver for being late, no one noticed the guzzling stealing smooth wood and making it into a coffin to sell. Which reminds us, the ninth parak begins, a gozo eitzim ba'asam kelim, one who steals pieces of wood and makes them into utensils, semer ba'asam begadim, or pieces of wool, and makes them into garments, mishalm kashas hegzela, pays their value at the time of the robbery. Since he acquired them with a shinui, a physical change, he pays their original value and he keeps the stolen items. The Mishnah implies that his earlier acts of planing the wood and whitening the wool, respectively, were insufficient to acquire them, which contradicts a Bryce's saying that one does acquire with these acts. Abai explains that the Mishnah discusses one who stole boards, which he assembled into a chest, or already spun threads of wool, which he wove into a garment. So when the train conductor had a heart attack and died, right after asking Hashem to judge the train driver for being late, no one noticed the guzzling stealing smooth wood and making it into a coffin to sell, nor his accomplice acquiring wool he stole by whitening it, which reminds us, Abraham teaches that one who whitens stolen wool acquires it. This contradicts a mission regarding Rashi's gaze, and Rava says that both statements are Rabbi Shimon's, but distinguishes between cleaning the wool by hand, which is insignificant, and cleaning through combing, which is significant. So once again, when the train conductor had a heart attack and died, right after asking Hashem to judge a train driver for being late, no one noticed the guzzling stealing smooth wood and making it into a coffin to sell, nor his accomplice acquiring wool he stole by widening it. All right, so now it's time for four blabach hazar. Daf pei tes. So the similar daf pei tes is a chalm pot. So here goes. The woman showing off her new chalm pot. Chalm pot. That must be on daf pei tes. The woman showing off her new chalm pot she purchased with the tova sana she received when she sold her ksuba, which reminds us, the more discusses a married woman who sells her ksuba, which the buyer would collect if she becomes divorced or widowed, but not if she dies first. The buyer says, tova sana the discounted amount paid by the buyer belongs to the wife. So the woman showing off her new chalm pot she purchased with the tova sana she received when she sold her ksuba to her friend who was not permitted to sell her ksuba to pay for damages she inflicted, which reminds us on Duff, pay Zion off. The Mishnah taught that married women do not pay for damages they inflict since they do not have money. The Gemara asked that she should sell her nicks in the lug to pay the victim and is forced to say the cases where she has none. The Gemara asked that she should sell her ksuba for its risk value and the Gemara explains that even if she would sell the ksuba, she could later forgive the ksuba, which Shmuel taught is effective, which she would certainly do for her husband and we do not want to actively cause the buyer a loss. So the woman showing off her new chalm pot she purchased with the tova sana she received when she sold her ksuba to her friend who was not permitted to sell her ksuba to pay for damages she inflicted, served some chalm to her nixamaluk slave who wasn't freed when her husband knocked out his tooth, which reminds us, two prices discuss slaves of Maluk property owned by the wife and the husband enjoys their produce. One states, Yosem Isha. They go free with the loss of a tooth or an eye inflicted by the wife who's considered the owner of Valola Ish, but not if it was afflicted by the husband who is not considered an owner. The other price it teaches that neither is considered an exclusive owner. Four explanations are offered. Dav Tzadi. So the similar Dav Tzadi is a stucca box. So here goes. The master who sold a slave but retained his work for 30 days, who was so happy he was still subject to the rule of Yoma Uyomaim when he killed the slave that he put money in the based in Tzedakah box, Tzedakah box, that must be more of Tzadi. The master who sold the slave but retained his work for 30 days, who was so happy he was still subject to the rule of Yoma Uyomaim when he killed the slave that he put money in the based in Tzedakah box, which reminds us that more brings a four-way malchokas regarding who gets the din of Yom Uyomaim when someone sells a slave but retains his work for 30 days. The issue is dependent on what one holds, whether Kinyan Haperos, Kinyan Gufdamin. 
So the mass who sold the slave but retained his work for 30 days, who so happy was still subject to the rule of Yomo Yomai when he killed the slave, that he put money in the base then Sadaka box, was shocked when he noticed some judges who witnessed a murder act as witnesses, which reminds us that Bryson teaches that if Sanhedrin witnessed a murder, Ritarfan says some of the judges testify before the others, and the others can judge based on the received testimony. Rikiva said that since all of them were potential witnesses, none of them can judge the case. So the master who sold a slave or retained his work for 30 days, who so happy was still subject to the rule of Yom o Yomayim, when he killed the slave that he put money in the base then Sadaka box was shocked when he knows some judges who witnessed a murder act as witnesses, as the judges judging examined the murder weapon, which reminds us that more discusses if a weapon must be examined by the judges or just the witnesses. Daf Tzadiyav. So the similar Daf Tzadiyav is an exit sign. So here goes. The judges who are busy assessing the old detached exit sign, exit sign, that must be on Daf Tzadiyav. Say. The judges who were busy assessing the old detached exit sign that was used to assault someone was capable of breaking the victim's arm, which reminds us the Gemara asks, Is an assessment made for damages to determine if the weapon was capable of inflicting them? Or is an assessment not made for damages? Is an assessment only made for killing where some weapons can kill but others cannot, as opposed to damages, which can always be attributed to whatever weapon was used? Or is an assessment made for damages as well? So the judges who were busy assessing the old detached exit sign that was used to assault someone was capable of breaking the victim's arm, were startled when a tall man started banging his head against the newly installed exit sign to injure himself, which reminds us the Gemara brings him out because if one is permitted to wound himself. So the judges who were busy assessing the old detached exit sign that was used to assault someone was capable of breaking the victim's arm, were startled when a tall man started banging his head against the newly installed exit sign to injure himself as a punishment for cutting down a fig tree while it was still producing fruit, which reminds us, Rav said that a palm tree that bears a cup of dates is forbidden to cut down. Rabbi Chinina said that a son, Shivachas, died prematurely only because he cut down a fig tree while it was still producing fruits. Dav Tzadi Beis, so the similar Dav Tzadi Beis is a tzav, a turtle. So here goes. The man who gave a thousand turtles, turtles, that must be more on Dav Tzadi Beis, tzav, turtle. The man who gave a thousand turtles from his turtle farm to the man he injured as compensation, but was told he wouldn't be pardoned until he asked forgiveness, which reminds us, the next Mishnah states, Although the assailant gives the victim compensation, he's not pardoned until he requests forgiveness from him, as we find a Kushbar who told Avimelk to appease Avram for taking Sarah until he would forgive him and dove him for him. The Mishnah adds that a victim who refuses to forgive is considered cruel because we find that Avram dove him for Avimelk and he was healed. So the man who gave a thousand turtles from his turtle farm to the man he injured as compensation, but was told he wouldn't be pardoned until he asked forgiveness, was waiting for the injured party to finish davening for the Rafu Shlem of a friend, which his wife was also in need of, which reminds us, sources are brought for the saying, Kol mevakish rachamim al-chavero, anyone who asks Hashem for mercy on his fellow's behalf, and he himself needs that very thing, he's answered first, one of the sources being that Avram davened for Avimelech, and Akash Baruch remembered Sarah, and she became pregnant. So, the man who gave a thousand turtles from his turtle farm to the man he injured as compensation, but was told he wouldn't be pardoned until he asked forgiveness, was waiting for the injured party to finish davening for the refuah shlema of a friend, which his wife was also in need of, when he was approached by a man in need of a livelihood who asked if he could get hired to work. 
on his turtle farm. Which reminds us, Rabbi Mamari said that the source for the saying, a duck stoops as it goes, but its eyes peer afar looking for food, is from Avigal's statement to David Amelch, and Hashem shall deal well with my master, and you shall remember your handmaid. Although she convinced David not to kill her husband Naval, she prophesied that he would die, and hinted that David should remember her afterward and take her as a wife. Rashi says this teaches that one's humility should not prevent one from asking for his needs, whether in Torah's livelihood or claiming payment of a loan. All right, that concludes today's year. This is Rabbi Ramadar from Zikru wishing you a great day and great learning.